Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amos Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amos Tanuma. Uh, if this is your first time listening, you are in for a treat. We will challenge every notion you have about the customer experience. And, and, and our job on this podcast is really to make sure we help improve your customer experience everywhere. Whether you define customers as the general public, other businesses, your employees, coworkers, we are here to help you get really, really intentional about your customer experience efforts. So... Today, I really want to talk about employees. This is a, this is a very critical topic for me. And, um, you know, in fact, I wrote a blog post titled What Customer Service and Prostitution Have in Common Not So Long Ago. And I got a lot of pretty passionate responses online. And I think it's because we're in the middle of a sea change. Uh, we've got more and more robots taking over jobs, especially in the customer facing um, jobs. And so today I really want to delve deeper into the role and place of employees, uh, especially as we go into the future where uh, more and more robots uh, or machines, if you will, are part of the customer experience. And so uh, without further ado, I want to really introduce you guys to, um, to our guest today. Um, I have Jamie Hamm. Jamie is a dear friend of mine, and he's also the managing partner with EL Breckenridge Consulting. Uh, Jamie, are you, are you with us today? <laughs> Hey Jamie, it's really a, it's really a, a pleasure to have you um, on the show, and um, look forward to, to seeing you in person um, in the near future. So, uh, for the folks that don't that don't know you, um, go ahead and give us a little bio about um, what you do and um, uh, a little a little background about you. Sure. Well, um, my background is in is in operations mainly. Uh, it's been in hospitality, healthcare, and retail. Uh, most recently, I was director of operational excellence at a at a large consumer goods company. Um, however, since I fled the corporate world uh, about a year <laughs> or so ago, um, I consult with small and medium sized businesses to identify needs and provide solutions to improve it financially. Um, primarily, it revolves around people, process, and technology. Sounds good. And, and Jamie, I know. Um um, you, you saw my you saw my blog post, and I got accused of painting a pretty grim picture about the outlook of the frontline employee experience, especially those um, who are customer facing. Um, so, first and foremost, I really wanted to get your reaction um, to my comments about organizations who constantly allow customers to verbally just abuse uh, abuse their customers what is what is your what is, what is your stance on that well I agree um, you know it, it, it happens every day and, and frankly you and I both have experienced it uh, directly as as managers and, and 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 probably you know ourselves the the sad thing about it is is that that companies who who do have a robust employee engagement um, System in place, they they frankly got fatter margins because they've got happier employees. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, I think what you're what you're saying here is, and there's data to prove this, that um, 
companies who focus on employees um, tend to do better over the long run uh, than, than those who don't. So, you know, this seems like information that organizations have. Why do you think companies allow, particularly customers they perceive as important, uh, get away with, you know, abusing their employees? Why do, why do you think they do it? I think for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one, the first one I would say is, is frankly because of bird in hand. Um, you know, we need to make sales, retain customers, and and continue cash flow. It's what we do fundamentally as as businesses. And and frankly, we all grew up learning that the customer is always right. But but you know, really, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, however, it's difficult to let go. Um, I think another reason that. Um, normally org structures, especially the bigger that they get, become too vertical. Um, and managers, they frankly have too much distance from the customer. So there's there's too many non-value-add activities going on, and it kind of becomes an out-of-sight, out-of-mind situation. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I hear you, Jamie, but um, you know, one might listen to that and, and begin to think you're suggesting getting rid of customers. <laughs> Uh, in the I, I absolutely think I, I absolutely think that um, that it's definitely a consideration. Um, either either fire the customer, the bad ones, or or start charging a premium for um, for those that are that are more difficult to do business with. Well, that's that, that's interesting. So how does how does firing bad customers end up being net good? I could hear some of our listeners thinking, you know. These are the people who pay the bills. Well, how, in what world would that be a good thing? <laughs> well, I think I think maybe looking at it a little bit differently, um, namely that in most in most businesses, labor is the the biggest line item in the P and L, the big the biggest business shoot, excuse me bi- biggest expense. Um, so we we spend a lot of time um, focusing on productivity because human resources is expensive, and we want to make the most profitable use we can out of it. And so if we're looking at how our staff are spending their time wanting them to interact with customers as much as possible, we know that roughly 80% of the time, of their time is spent on only about 20% of the customers. I mean, it's it's the Pareto principle, um, again, following through. Um, so, you know, some customers, frankly, don't want a solution or they want a bully. And, and really, that's just human nature. But it's unprofitable in many ways to continue that kind of relationship. And frankly, it just burns out good staff. And we all know the high cost of, of turnover. Yeah, no, um, I, I think you bring up an excellent point. I mean, I, in the end, if this is this is about long-term profitability, uh, to your point, um, it, it might be a net positive to get rid of uh, uh, bad customers. You know, you, you remind me of... Um, the a story uh, from from Southwest Air- Airlines. Uh, so, for those of you who don't who are not familiar with the story, you know, many years ago, you know, when uh, Herb was still CEO uh, over at Southwest Airlines, they had a, a difficult customer, not an abusive one, frankly, you know, just one that complained time and time and time again. And the customer relations folks at Southwest Airlines finally got tired of it, and they f- simply forwarded upstairs to Herb and said. Uh, this one's for you because they felt empowered to do so. And uh, legend has it that within a minute, um, Herb responds back with a note, you know, we will miss you, love Herb, and fire the customer. <laughs> and um, I, I tell that story 
for a couple of reasons. I think Southwest is one of those organizations which clearly, based on their actions, have certainly gone with employee first in their pecking order. Um, I would argue they put employees ahead of shareholders. Um, so I, I want to ask you, Jamie, and, and um, you know, I, th- this will make some news out there. You know, what's what's your position in terms of pecking order? Um, is it employees over customers? I think it's got to be um, for the reasons that we described. And you know, really, as I as I think of it, um, you know, businesses are are processes, but they're the businesses are people first, and mm. that's as that's as close as you get to um, to really the 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 interaction of the value that that any company um, has is its people. Um, it's your, your people who are who are interacting with your customers who are doing the job that really make your business what it is and so I think that in that sense the the real value that it, that a company has really comes from the inside out and flows outward and that all starts with the with the employees Wow fascinating you you, you heard it first um, you know you, you hear time and time and time again it's all about the shareholders and it's all about the customers but um, you know, it, it's got to start with um, employees. So, so Jamie, I want to I want to shift gears a little and throw you a bit of a, a curveball here. You know, um, in I think it was a, a month or so ago. You know, I wrote another article around you know the end of jobs, specifically focusing on customer face, facing jobs. So, on a macro level, let's expand this. You know, beyond business and profits and customer experience, etc. You know, we're going down the road in my mind of driverless cars, and in my view, just less jobs. Period. You know, no taxi drivers, no truck drivers, less service employees. Um, on a macro level, what is your view about what this means for society uh, going forward? If the future is the way I I am describing it. Well, I I actually um, after I read your article, I I started doing some more reading on the subject, and and frankly, that my conclusion is what a big complicated mess it is. Um, you know, as we look at our economy overall, you're absolutely right that technology has really um, spurred productivity, but the, at the same time, the, the, the middle class, especially in the, in the service sector, has, has somewhat stagnated. The jobs have, have slowed down, wages have slowed down, etc. Um, even though, you know, like I said, productivity is as high as it's ever been. Um, we even look at some white white-collar service jobs like in accounting, bookkeeping, et cetera, that are being replaced by technology. But, but I think that we can bounce back in the way that, you know, technology especially has spurred job creation and all the ancillary um, jobs that, that sort of flow into that. Um, we're just not quite, quite there yet. Um, and just to give you know, some, some overview back in 1900, 40% of, of the American population was working in agriculture and a hundred years later, only 2% were. So we don't know what we don't know, uh, right now. And I think it's, I think it's sort of a, obviously a a work in progress. Um, and, and no real, nobody really knows how it's going to shake out yet. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I'll have to bring you back. So just so we have a whole conversation on that, you know, I think, you know, the whole 40 hour work week employee, there's so much disruption going on there, but um, we can go on that forever. But I want to bring it back uh, to the customer experience. 
you know, as more robots and, you know, I use the term robots, you know, machines, whatever you want to call them, technology takes over, especially when it is customer facing, right? You know, I, I, um, you know, one example is, you know, probably my favorite Popeye's, not like I eat a Popeye's a lot, is uh, the one at, um, at an airport where there are, there's a probably one employee because you place your order all by yourself um, and surprise, surprise, it comes out right. Uh, I placed my order and, um, you know, and pay all at, at a kiosk. But, you know, my real question is, as this becomes more and more the norm, and it feels to me anyway, less and less um, human involvement, what does this mean for the customer experience? You know, is this a good thing? Um, if you're a customer listening out there, is all of this good for you? I think it can be um, for for the only reason that um, we're sort of moving away from a quote unquote service orientation, if you will, to one more of relationship, especially in the customer experience space. And I think really that's what it all boils down to. We started talking, you know, this conversation about employees and 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 that relationship with employees and how that flows to the customer and so I think to the extent that we're freed up from the service part if you will of the customer interaction that just that that allows us more opportunity to really develop and and uh, cultivate relationships better relationships with customers yes yeah, so, so, so to that point um you know, I think you're saying we will always have the human part of the experience. It's a matter of how big or small it is, right? So, so what's the utility uh, of that human handling that interaction? If if an organization and companies you work with choose to utilize a human in this as we move forward in the future, you know, what's what's the utility? What do they what do they get out of? What should they be getting out of it? I think I think that the utility is going to be. Like I said, those relationships and we in the the experience, not maybe in the in the noun sense, but in the verb sense. You know, uh, you and I have spent a lot of time on, you know, what a user experience is with technology and and journey mapping and their interactions with with our company, but really in a in a verb kind of way and on an emotional uh, kind of way, I, I think that that connecting. Um, on a relationship level more substantially than we do today is the real opportunity that's out there. I mean, frankly, when you look on a, you know, at a customer service level across all industries, the number one complaint is people don't care. Right. You know, it's really not about product and it's not about the website and it's not about your return policy. It's, it's about the people. And I say, and I think that to the extent that we can really work on that and improve that, uh, I think that that's just going to be better for everyone. And um, if you are just joining us, you are listening to the Curated Experience, and uh, today we have as our guest, Jamie Ham, a good friend and managing partner of EL Breckenridge Consultant. Uh, Jamie, um, you know, I have a few more questions for you today before I, before I let you go. You know, as I sort of think about it, if um, a lot of our listeners are small to mid-sized and even large organizations um, also just trying to do their best to improve the customer experience. So what would be your advice be as they think about investments in the future, um, employee or technology, what should be the mix? What is your overall, what do you tell companies when, when faced with, 
you know, as we get more and more technology, how do we how do we invest our limited resources? I I think you're you're absolutely right. It's it's limited, and you know, we started the conversation, and and you know, really focused on people, process, and technology. And I think that you start with people first. Um, there's no one answer when it comes to process and technology, and there's no silver bullets there. And so I I think maybe just at a at a at a high level. Um, without knowing what a particular circumstance is at, at your business, I think that anything, whether it's a process or technology, that frees your people up to interact more directly and more frequently with customers is is definitely the way to go. Sounds good. Well, uh, Jamie, I want to I want to thank you for coming on the on the curated experience today. Jamie Ham is uh, managing partner with El Breckenridge Consulting. I always learn something from you when I talk to you, Jamie. Thanks for coming on our program. Thanks for having me, Amos. So, if you want to add your voice to the movement, join the conversation on our website at thecuratedcx.com. That's c u r a t e d c x dot com. And my book, The Curated Experience, is available as an audiobook, paperback, and ebook from Amazon and fine retailers everywhere. Until next time, remember the experience is either random or intentionally curated. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Curated Experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X dot com or A-M-A-S-T-E-N-U-M-A-H dot com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.